Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Would you lift those hands with me right now and just honor and welcome the presence of the Lord there online, wherever you are connecting from, do the same where you're watching from here in the house of God. And let's just say it together. He's here right now. His presence is here. But I want you to personally uh, welcome His presence there where you are. Would you do it together with me? Just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your presence. I surrender to you. I need a fresh touch. Fall afresh on my life. In Jesus' name. Right there where you're standing now, the Holy Spirit comes upon you where you are right down this room online. He fills you with His presence, with His power, with His anointing. And Lord, we stand in awe of you tonight. We thank you for your blood that was shed. We thank you that by your wounds we were healed. What an awesome God you are. We glorify your name. We give you all the glory. And Father, tonight we declare you are good. Your mercies endure forever. And everybody said, Amen. Can we say that all together? Say, the Lord is good. Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Let's give Him one more praise for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. What a beautiful presence of the Lord here in this moment. And uh, such a privilege to be with you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Harold and Maud, for this opportunity. And just to be with you, Little Falls Christian Center, what a powerful church this is. Um, I believe this is a territorial church. And uh, God's given you territory. And not only, I'm not talking about the natural only, but in the spiritual the dominion of God's kingdom is here. And uh, I want to just honor you and honor also Pastor Harold and Maud. They've been such a blessing to me. I love them dearly and had such an impact on my life and ministry. And I want to give honor to him. Honor is due. That's what the word tells us to do. So I want to acknowledge that and recognize that. And I think uh, I owe a lot to them because there's many things that they've taught me, invested into me that I carry with me still today. So I want to give God thanks for them. And I think that honor is a beautiful thing because uh, when we honor the anointing, when we honor God's gifts, how many of you know that pleases the Lord? So uh, I want us to just give the Lord a praise offering for the gift that they are to us. It's for His glory, for His honor. And so tonight, it's good to be with you all the way from Cape Town. Good to be with you in God's house and just to be a part of this atmosphere. Isn't it much better to be here tonight than at home or somewhere else and having some boring time? It's good to be in the presence of God. There's life here. There's joy here. There's peace here. Uh, and the Spirit of the Lord is here. I want to uh, minister to you just a few minutes uh, from my heart, from God's Word. And I believe that we are in a very powerful time right now. A very powerful time. I want you to go with me. Uh, if you would, in your Bible, Haggai chapter 2. Uh, the prophet Haggai chapter 2. And we're going to read there from the 6th verse. 
Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. And the prophet says there, the word of the Lord says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And I love this part. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. I really believe with all my heart that the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. How many of you here tonight have an expectation that no matter what's happened, the shaking that has occurred, there's going to be a greater glory of God that's going to fill God's house, fill God's people, and manifest in these last days. And so we see that there's, a, there's an order in the end time. There's a cycle in the end time. God says that there will be a shaking first, and then after the shaking, He says, then there shall be a manifestation of glory. There shall be nations coming. So I want to say tonight in this place here in this Pentecost time that I believe with all of my heart that shaking always precedes revival. And by the way, I'm speaking to you on revival tonight. I want to speak to you on the purpose of revival or the purpose for revival. What is the purpose for revival? I know that we are hungry for revival. We're praying for revival and we desperately need revival. And I want to say tonight that I believe that God has called you. God has chosen each and every one of us to be a carrier of His presence. To be a carrier of the anointing. To be a carrier of revival. And so we see here that there's a shaking that always precedes revival. And then revival brings the harvest. Revival brings a harvest of souls. If there's no souls being saved, there's no revival. And so, you know, we need, we need revival. But, but we see here that God says, I'll shake all nations. And then I will fill my table with glory. And the nations shall come. Many people get afraid when the shaking occurs. Many people get nervous when there's a shaking. Because they don't understand that it is part of the cycle. It's part of the time. There has to be a shaking. Before God says, I can fill the temple with glory. So before the glory, before this revival, there's, there's shaking. And, and how many of you would agree with me? There's been some shaking in the nations. There's been some, some shaking uh, in the church, in the body of Christ. And there's been some shaking in our own personal lives. Don't be afraid when there's shaking. God is preparing for an outpouring. He's preparing for a revival, for a manifestation of His glory. And, and there's nothing the devil can do about that to stop that. God has predetermined that He's going to fill the earth with His glory in the last days. Can you say amen? So the glory of God is about to manifest. Now during the end time revival, uh, the church, the bride, we the bride, the church will be prepared 
for the return of Jesus. How many of you know the Lord is coming back for a glorious church? He's coming back for a church that's full of the fire of God. He's not coming back for some dead, lukewarm church. In order for the Lord to come, He wants His church to be in revival. People are talking about the coming of the Lord. I believe He's coming in the middle of a mighty revival. People have to be awake spiritually. People have to be ready spiritually. So I want to prophesy here over the atmosphere in the West Rand that there's a revival, there's an outpouring, there's a spiritual awakening, and it's part of God's end time plan and purpose. Oh, come on, everybody, give the Lord like you're hungry for revival. So we see that it's preparation. He will return for a remnant church, for a people that are burning, for a people that are passionate, that are fervent. The Lord spoke the parable about thin virgins. Only five were ready. Only five had lamps full of oil. Five were foolish. They were not ready. And right now we see, and, and we, we've seen it, that there's a large portion of people in the body of Christ in the church that are just not ready. They're not just, they're just not awake yet. That's a spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening is when you are awakened. A visitation is when God visits you. And a revival is when God brings that which was dead back to life. Revival means to bring back to life that which was dead. And in the last two years of what's happened with this, this uh, pandemic and with lockdown and COVID and all these things, it has had a devastating effect on a lot of people spiritually. And a lot of uh, momentum has been lost. And a lot of people have lost their fervency. Some have fallen asleep. And some have had, they've died. Things have died. Dreams have died. Visions have died. Uh, giftings have died. There's a deadness. Some of them in their marriages, their finances. In, in many areas, there's been, people have died. But I declare tonight that God's going to bring those dead things back to life. If you are here tonight, whatever is dead in your life, is coming back to life again by God's power. Oh, come on, give God a bit of praise if you believe that. Whatever's dead is coming back to life. Hallelujah. So the Lord is preparing the church, is causing things to come back to life, and we'll see it in the coming days, weeks, and months of 22, that there's things coming back to life. People are coming back to life. Giftings are coming back to life. The church is aligning again with the head. The anointing that's upon the head will flow down upon the beard and the robes. And I'm here to tell you that there's an, a realignment that must occur in our lives and in the kingdom of God because we must be a church that is in revival. We must be a people that are revived. Can you say amen? So deadness is coming back to life. Now, the Lord is coming back for a church that's revived, that's alive. And, of course, it might not be the entire group, but there's a remnant of people. There's a remnant of people that are burning, that are on fire, that are saying, I'm not going to allow anything to quench the flame of God in my life.
I'm not going to allow anything to hinder me or distract me. I'm going to press into the presence of God like never before. That kind of people are going to be ready for what's coming. And the world will go through tribulation. Uh, these events will lead to the, what the Scriptures call the fullness of times. We are seeing that is manifesting. We're getting closer to that. And the second coming of Jesus, His reign on earth, all of that, it's heading towards that. And I want to say that we have to be a people that are revived. The signs are pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ, and the signs will become more evident and more frequent. But let me talk about that shaking very quickly, because the shaking affects three groups of people, Israel, the church and the world. And for Israel, the shaking brings, uh, 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 it's for their salvation. The, the shaking in the world is for Israel's salvation, for them to be saved, for them to become more aware of, of, of God, of Christ. And then, of course, the shaking in the world that occurs in the church is for our purification. The shaking that occurs in the world is for the world to come to a place of repentance. So the shaking that comes affects all three groups in different ways. But for us, the church, the shaking doesn't come or hasn't come to destroy us, to harm us, but to purify us. Can you say amen? So I'm here to tell you tonight, the shaking that has come is coming, that we see sometimes is we're, we feel that shaking. It's to purify us and get us ready for what is to come. I'm excited about that because, I, and I feel that for many of you here tonight, that you've come through this time, which was a heavy shaking, but you've come through this time and you're stronger now than what you were before the shaking. I say your heart, your life has been maybe shaken, but you were not destroyed. You were purified. Things have left your life. You came back to a place of passion, of running with God. So sometimes the shaking is good. Sometimes, sometimes the shaking is good. The shaking purifies us, and the result is the glory of God. I say the end result is the glory of God. I will fill my temple with glory. It might sound heavy, but I must be honest with you. There's some things that happened in my life personally, in my family, in my home, in my own children's lives, in my ministry that happened. And I'm here to tell you, I thank God that it happened. It was actually a good thing that it happened. Sometimes the shaking is a good thing. It shakes everything out and it gets you ready for much more. I believe there's much more for us. I believe there's more for the body of Christ, for the kingdom of God. And now we're stepping into the glory. I want to say that the shaking of the last two years is over. It's, it's coming. It's rounding up. It's coming to an end. And you're still here. You're still standing. You're still believing. You endured. You held on to God's name, God's word. Now God's about to fill you with his glory. The house of God, the temple of God is about to be filled with the glory and the presence of God. There's going to be a manifestation of His glory. And the glory of God will bring a demonstration of His power. When the glory of God fills the temple of God, there's going to be a demonstration of power. I believe that. I believe that. And Pastor Harold touched on that, the, that the fire of God at the end, the church is going to go in a flame of fire.
that the latter will not be any less than the beginning. The church is going to be in a greater glory than what we even had in the beginning. We are not going to look back at what used to be, but we're going to enter into a new dimension of glory. Can you say amen? If you look around you, you'll see that a lot of things have been shaken. People have been shaken. Leaders have been shaken. There's been a lot of shaking going on, but the true will stand. Christ said it this day. He said that there's two that built their houses, one on sand, one on the rock. The one that was on sand when the winds of the storm came beat down that house. It didn't stand, didn't remain. But the one on the, on the rock, the word of God living, doing, practicing God's word, that house stood. If you built your life on sand, then how many of you know the shaking Jesus said these words. He said that it shook the house and it fell apart. But the one whose house was built on the rock, when the storms came and the wind came, it stood. It stood through that shaking. I believe and I sense there's people here tonight, the body of Christ, that have stood because their lives are built on God's Word, built on God's truth. And anyone can claim to have faith. Anyone can say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. But how many of you know at the end of the day, it's a shaking that exposes. It's a crisis that exposes the true, authentic ones, those who are walking in relationship with God. So we see, I don't want, I'm sharing that with you because I don't want anybody to think that we're going downwards. We're actually going upwards. What we've been through has been preparatory. The shaking has not destroyed us. We're about to see a greater glory. How many of you be believe tonight for your own personal life, for your own personal family, and for corporately, for this ministry and church, for those watching online tonight, that there's a greater glory of God coming upon your life, upon your family, and upon your ministry, upon your finances. Because God says, the silver and gold is mine. He says, and I will fill this house with glory. So I believe that the wealth of God is going to be manifested in these last days. We are not dependent on the economy as such, the government. We are dependent on God Almighty who said that I will cause the wealth of the nations to come to my house. So I decree tonight there's a great prosperity coming for those. There's a great supernatural prosperity coming for those who are walking with God in this day and hour. And the glory of God is going to be made manifested in your life. So we are living in the times of restoration. Would you say that with me? Say, this is a time of restoration. Hallelujah. Do you believe that for your life? Right now, right now, at this moment, we are in a time of restoration. The we are not right now as such in that shaking as much as we were, uh, come on, a couple of months or seasons ago. We are right now in a time of restoration. There's a time of restoration and refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. So in this Pentecost feast, I want to tell you, get ready for restoration. Get ready for recovery. Things that died are going to come back to life again. There's going to be a refreshing and a revival. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that for your life? How many of you believe that for Little Falls?
How many of you believe that for your own business? Hallelujah. I want to ask if I can have the, the keyboard player just playing a little bit in the background. I'd appreciate that. Now, let's touch on the purpose of revival. The purpose of revival. Number one, I want to give you a few uh, signs or characteristics of the purpose of revival. How many of you are hungry for revival? How, how many of you would agree with me, we need revival? How many of you would agree with me, it would be good right now to have a revival tonight? A revival is simply to come back, to come back, to come back to what we were, to come back to our first love, our passion, our zeal. And God's going to revive people here tonight. God's going to revive families and homes and areas in His church that need a reviving. So the first thing I want to show you the purpose of revival is, the first thing is revival comes to restore us back to the presence of God. And I know that many people have walked in an individual presence and relationship with God. But how many of you know corporatively the Lord is bringing His church back to the presence? And so that's the first thing revival does. It restores us back to the presence of God. And we are in a season right now where the church is being restored to the presence of God. We cannot have anything outside of the presence of God. Outside of the presence of God, there's disorder. Outside of the presence of God, nothing works. Outside of the presence of God, we can't function. We need the presence of God. Revival brings us back to the presence of God. In the presence of God, this transformation, this change. We can go to a service. We can go to church. We can be part of church and yet never change. It's only the presence of God that changes. People can be part of religion, but how many of you know religion doesn't change people? It's the presence of God that changes people. Saul of Tarsus was a hard man, but it was the presence of God that changed his heart. And so the presence of God is being restored to our lives, being restored to the church. And that presence is what changes us, transforms us. Number two, revival transforms societies. It transforms our hearts. That's why revival has to begin in the heart. Revival begins in our heart. Let me make it more personal. Revival has to begin in your heart. We cannot say in that one's heart, my wife's heart, you know, in, in that guy down the road's heart. The revival doesn't work like that. Revival is personal. Revival says, I need my heart to change. I need to come back to the presence of God, to the beginning. I need to be aligned with God. I need His Word in my heart. Revival is a manifestation of the change of hearts. So when we realize we have areas in our hearts that need cleaning, we humble ourselves, we repent, we renounce, we lay it down. That's the beginning of revival. When we say, I'm going to let go of that, I'm going to let go of that, I'm not going to have that in my heart. But it's a heart thing. It's not a mind thing. It's not an emotional thing. It's a heart issue. Thirdly, 
revival, the purpose for revival is to prepare the bride. Any bride gets prepared for the bridegroom. Any bride gets prepared for that coming together with a bridegroom. And the Bible says, and it, it reflects, it compares our relationship with the Lord. The church's relationship with the Lord. Ephesians 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. How many of you know he's coming for that kind of church? Holy, without blemish, ready, prepared, washed, beautiful. I want you to know he's not coming back for some boring church. Some old church. Religious, stiff, miserable church that has no power. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish, full of the anointing, full of the power of God, full of the presence of God. And you're part of that church. And if you're part of that church, then He will allow you to be purified. And He'll bring those areas in our lives into a place where He cleanses us. And then He revives us so that we can be prepared for His presence. And when His presence comes, we are revived. Revival is the bride being prepared. So I want to say tonight to each and every believer here, to the house of God, everyone online, let the fire of God purify you. Let the fire of God purify you. The fire of God must burn out every issue. Every heart attitude, every mindset, every, everything that hinders and distracts us, allow the fire of God to burn it out. Don't be afraid of God's fire. Don't resist God's fire. The fire will never hurt you. It will always empower you. Let the fire of God come. Let it purify. Because when you're purified, when you are prepared, then the glory of God comes. When the glory of God comes... That's when revival manifests. So revival number four is to restore man's relationship with God. In a revival, people will have their relationship with God restored. And, and, and friends, how many of you know that everything Jesus did, He did out of a relationship with the Father. Nothing was done outside of that relationship. He said, I do nothing unless the Father, the Father, the Father and I are one, the Father. Everything was about that relationship. And revival is about restoring that personal relationship because relationship draws God to us. Through that fellowship with Him, He reveals Himself through us. So revival brings every person into that personal relationship with God. And number five, I'll close with this, that revival empowers us for the end time harvest. 
there's an end time harvest. There are souls, there are people, there are families, there are friends that must be saved. There's a harvest that must be reaped. And it's not going to happen without revival. Can you say amen? Evangelism is for the world. But revival is for the church. The world can't have revival. Revival is for what was alive to bring that back to life. They have never been alive spiritually. They're dead spiritually. So they need evangelism. They need witnessing. But how many of you know the church, we, the church, we need revival. Revival brings us back where souls, where evangelism, where discipleship, where the kingdom becomes priority. It's our focus. We want the presence of God. We get restored in our relationship with God. And let me just say that here tonight, that there must be a spiritual hunger for the presence of God. Faith is the key for miracles. Faith activates miracles, but hunger activates or triggers revival. Faith is not the main ingredient for revival. The main ingredient for revival is spiritual hunger. Faith is needed for miracles. But for revival, God looks for hunger. Those who hunger, those who are thirsty, those who are desperate for the presence of God. There's two types of revival. One is a sovereign move of God. A sovereign work initiated by God Himself. In other words, there are times, seasons, and moments where God Himself will say, I'm going to bring a revival, and He'll just sweep through that place. That's happened in history. There's been times like that where it wasn't because of anything anybody really did. It was a sovereign move of God. There are times that there's a sovereign move and revival manifests. But then there's another another type of revival and that is and and that is provoked or initiated by the hunger of the people that a hungry group of people can literally ignite or spark a new spiritual flame of hunger after God you can actually bring the presence of God into your life we attract and we draw the presence of God by our hunger for God so I want you where you are, won't you take a moment, lift those hands and say, Lord, I'm hungry for your presence. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. Say, I'm hungry for your presence. Hallelujah. How many of you know that that hunger is what brings the presence of God? And so tonight here in this Pentecost feast, I wonder how many people here are very hungry because to not be hungry is to be sick. People that are sick don't have an appetite. People that are sick, they don't want to eat. But when you are hungry, it's a sign of health. So the more hungry you are, the more hungry we are, the more healthy we are spiritually. If you, if, if you, if you still have a hunger for the presence of God, for the Word of God, for the anointing of God, it's a sign that there's spiritual vitality or health there. I've got a son, he's 21 years old. And he, he's gone through different stages, especially in the teen years. And also even now still, he'll, he'll come into the kitchen and say, I'm starving. 
I can see the hunger. He wants to eat something and he wants it now. He eats me out of the house. He just wants more. You know, he's got a hunger. I know he's healthy. When he wasn't doing well, when he was sick, he lost his appetite completely. I don't like that. I don't like it. When I see they're hungry, that's a good sign to me. How many of you know the Lord looks at his church and he says, I wonder how hungry they are for my word, for my presence, for the anointing. Do they have the same passion I have for the world? Do they have the same passion I have for souls? That hunger is what draws and attracts the presence of God. And I'll close with this. Revival empowers us for the harvest. Revelations chapter 14 and verse 14. Revelations 14 and verse 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. I believe with all my heart that in the end time, there must be a great harvest of souls. Can you say amen? And it's going to be by the hand of the mighty power of God. Oh, He's going to use you. He's going to use me. He's going to use His church. But we must be revived, empowered to bring in the harvest. That's the purpose of revival. A revival is not for us just to have maybe, it's part of it, to have good meetings, good preaching, good singing, and, and even healings and miracles. You can have all of that and not have revival. Revival is a supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit in the now, in the present. It's a sovereign move. There's nothing like it. If you've ever been in revival, experienced revival, you know there's nothing like it. How many of you are hungry for your own personal revival? Your house, your family, your children. And corporately, we as a church, throughout the world, we need revival. Would you stand to your feet tonight? I want to ask you where you are right now to lift those hands up high. Lift those hands up high, would you please? And I want the worship team just to get ready with one worship. But first, I want you to lift those hands up high with me. Every eye closed. The fire of God's going to fall. The presence of God is falling online. Where you are in your home, wherever you may be. And here in this house, in this moment right now. God's going to confirm His Word. God's going to confirm His Word tonight to you in this place. And all I want you to do is receive. That's all you have to do is receive. Be hungry tonight. Are you ready to receive? Surrender to His presence. Let Him fill you. Let Him touch you. Let Him fall afresh on you right now. Holy Spirit, in this moment, fall afresh upon the people. Have your way. Move in this place as you will. This is your moment. Come Holy Spirit. Fall upon men and women. Young people and children all over this place. From the front to the back, left to the right. There it is. Receive that. Receive that. That's the anointing. That's the presence. That's the power of God already touching you. Already flowing through you. Receive that. Receive that. More, more, more of His presence. 
more of His presence, more of His presence, more of that presence of God, more of that fresh oil. Let Him fill you up with fresh anointing. Let the face of God come upon you. Let there be a supernatural encounter in your life, in your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, I release right now. I release right now. I release right now. I release right now the anointing all over this place. I release right now the power of God all over this place. I release right now the presence of God online, where you are watching, connected from, here in this house. Receive it. Take it. More from the top of your head to the soles of your feet flows the anointing of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, right now, right now, receive. Now open your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our voice. Pray in the Spirit where you are right now. Come on. Let Him fill you. Let Him fill you. Let Him saturate you. Let Him clothe you. Let Him empower you for the harvest. Let Him empower you for the harvest. Right now, the fire of God is upon you. The anointing is upon you. The presence of God is upon you. Right now, be healed, be delivered, be loosed, be set free, be transformed. Be filled with His anointing. Be filled with His presence. Be filled with His power. Take it. Receive it. More, more. In the name of Jesus. This is the time, says the Lord. I'm taking people into a new dimension of their lives. As it is written, He taketh away the old and He replaces it with that which is new. So says the Lord, shall my word be in these days. It will bring refreshing. It will bring power. It will bring revival. It will bring healing. It will bring victory. It will bring you into the dimension that you have never known before. For the Lord says, it is the time of change. It is the time of change, says the Lord. Many will say in that day, what happened to me? I've never been like that. For I will rekindle a fire in your heart. And even though you've said to yourself, I have given up, I'm going to give up. It's the end of it. I'm finished with this. I'm done with this. The Lord says, not so. You will not say so in my presence. For with me, says the Lord, all things are possible. I can turn your yesterdays into your victories. I can turn all things around for you. It is not a time for depression. It is not a time to say, I give up. It is not a time when the strength of the mighty one of Israel, even the Lord of all the earth, is with you. How can you say, I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm done with, when He who walks with you, walks with you eternally? and indeed shall raise you up again in this last hour and take you to a dimension. Yes, as it is written, take me to the rock that is higher than I. I'll take you there, says the Lord. I will visit with you. I'll bring you to a dimension that you've never known before. For hitherto you've said, I've done all these things. I've said all these things. I've performed all these things. But now, says the Lord, I will do these things.
I will do a new thing in your life. I will take you through a transition. I will bring you back again. And my house shall be called a house of joy, a house of victory, and a house, says the Lord, of the overcomers with authority and power over all of the works of the enemy. And I will destroy the destroyer that has moved out against you. I am the Lord who comforts you in this hour. And I will go with you. And indeed, you feel my presence. Oh, yes, you do. For I am here and I'm watching over you. And I indwell this place. Therefore, says the Lord, even in this night, many of you will discover even in your bodies, even all over you, that things have changed. Tomorrow when you wake up, you'll say to yourself, I just don't feel the same anymore. I've been negative, now I'm positive. I've been down, but today I really feel up. I'm strong now, for all these troubles and tribulations could not stop me from getting to God. Through Jesus' name, we give the Lord a praise offering right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, just raise your hands and say these words with me. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and His Lordship over my life. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, I am saved. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save my soul. Wash me in Your blood. Fill me with Holy Spirit. I belong to Jesus. Write my name in the book of life and fill me tonight with the glory of God. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a praise offering everybody. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.